Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com, with you for a very special episode of the Steelers preview. Why it's on Tuesday, it's not on Thursday, because the Steelers play on Thursday night football, week three in Cleveland. The mistake by the lake. And now we're trying to jam pack all of our content into like a three day span, which is a nightmare for the three of us, but still, nonetheless, Brian Davis, what's going on, Brian? I'm just glad to be here. I'm here so I don't get fined. There you go. <laughs> I was not hired for my disposition. All right, uh, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? It's 9.03. It's Tuesday night. Where else would you rather be <laughs> than here with the... Oh, wait, that's the wrong show. That would happen last night. Um, yeah, it's it's Tuesday night. I'm I'm, I'm on a show. It, to me, it's it's the same. It's just who I'm talking to. Um, but yeah, this, this whole week feels weird. It does feel weird. And uh, so the Steelers gearing up for Thursday night football. We will talk about that game. We're going to talk about the injury reports. We're going to give you the spread, our predictions over under all that stuff's coming up before we do that. I want to get to some news that happened within the BTSC black and gold realm here on this Tuesday. And that is hall of fame talk. That's right. The semifinalists were announced. There were six names by the Pittsburgh Steelers who made semifinalists. And only one was new. Five had been semifinalists before. The new name, one, James, the others, Heinz Ward, Big Snack, Casey Hampton, Chad Brown, James, Potsy Farrier, and Gary Anderson. So, guys, I want to ask you here. Uh, first thing, what do you think about Debo getting the semifinalist tag? We'll start there, Brian. What do you think? I love it. I definitely think he deserves it. I think he's in the Steelers Hall of Fame. It's just, uh, you know, pass rushers. It's tough for those guys because there's they look at sacks and sometimes sacks alone, and it takes a while for those guys to get in. I don't think anybody, with the exception of a Ben Roethlisberger or a Troy Polamalu, which Troy Polamalu is a first ballot Hall of Famer and and was in there. I, I don't think there's going to. I think a lot of these guys, if they do get in. They're going to have to wait. Okay. Dave, Dave what, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Uh, yeah, Was it his first year? It was his first year being eligible? I don't know if it's his first year of eligibility. It's his first year being named a semifinal. Yeah, well. well he, re- he retired after the 17 season, so yes. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was five okay. It was five years. So sometimes guys get nominated, because that's what this is. It was 129 nominations that they had for it. Um that, that they get this now and just because it's their first year and then it, they might not be nominated again. Like, for example, Heath Miller was nominated the last two years before this one, but he wasn't this year. Um, it kind of fluctuates in and out. Um, I I don't know that he's I, – I don't know that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if he is yeah. a Hall of Famer. So I let's get him in the Hall of Honor first. Good point. Let's let's okay. Debo is a unique beast, and that's the correct term when talking about James Harrison as beast. Um, let's leave that to the side, and I want to ask you all: out of the six names, which do you predict will be finalists this year? Doesn't mean they're getting in, but will at least be named finalists. Again, I'll say it again: James Harrison, Heinz Ward, Casey Hampton, Chad Brown, James Ferrier, and Gary Anderson. Do, do any, Brian? What do you think? No, I, I don't. I think Heinz Ward's the closest, but I don't think any get in. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I agree with Brian that if if it's anyone, it's Heinz Ward. I don't know that he 
would end up being a finalist. He's he's made it at different levels in the past, but if you really want to know the truth, I don't know. Have they mentioned anything about the the? This is the modern era. Do they have they even said anything about the other players, the non modern era? Because in my opinion, I think the the closest shot this year is Elsie Greenwood. Mm-hmm. That maybe they'll finally get him in. It's not that I don't think Heinz Ward doesn't deserve there. He means so much more to Steelers Nation that we think that we put him up there with the other Hall of Famers, but I don't think that he had the same impact around the league as a wide receiver. He was just a a tough dude that played wide receiver, and therefore I don't think he's getting any love from outside of Pittsburgh. If if you listen to my Let's Ride podcast, I did an entire show, I don't know if it was this offseason or last offseason, about how Heinz Ward, when you look at his numbers compared to some other receivers that are already in, that do not have Super Bowl MVPs, that have no rings, mm-hmm. he should be in the freaking Hall of Fame. Yeah. And everyone thinks about Heinz Ward like, oh, he's a blocker and he played dirty and they had the Heinz Ward rule. His numbers are comparable to those guys, and he also has the team accomplishments and the individual accomplishments of a Super Bowl MVP to back it up. Look it up. Go check out my Let's Ride podcast. Just search Let's Ride Heinz Ward Hall of Fame, and I guarantee you'll find it. But my, my gosh, it drives me insane that he's not getting more credence, I guess, if you want to put it that way, in terms of being, I think he should be a finalist. Has he been a finalist? He hasn't been a finalist. But no, he has he's not. He's come very close. Every year, every year he's been possibly named a semifinalist. He's been one, but he's never been a finalist. I don't know. What were you saying? Sorry. He's been very close, Jeff. Um, but the problem is you always have to look at the position and to see who's ahead of you in past years. So when there's a Tory Holt in front of you and there's a Reggie Wayne or someone that got there before you, you kind of wait and see if they fall off or if they get in. And you basically, it's like you're at the bakery. You got to take a number for yeah. the Hall of Fame. The two names that I compared him to were Andre Reed mm-hmm. and Chris Carter, neither of which won a Super Bowl. And I looked at their career statistics. He's right there with them. He is right there with them. And honestly, when you talk about some of these guys like Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne was great. I'd rather have Heinz Ward to be completely one. And I, I get it. I'm a Steeler fan. I understand it. I'm with but you. That, it, that fires me up. So to this day, when I started to look at, I did some digging into these numbers of these Hall of Famers. Like this is a joke. How is Heinz not in? We'll see how that goes. Kid, I was going to say, I just wanted to, so people understand the process. These players get trimmed down to twenty-five in November, fifteen in January, ten going into the Super Bowl weekend, and then the five finalists that they then then go into that they vote to make sure they have all five. So I'm pretty sure Heinz Ward's made the 25. He may have even made the 15 before, but then that's all the farther. I think he has. I think he has at least. And they, I mean, whether you call them semifinalists, the the terminology there is a little bit confusing. So don't get hung up on that. All right. So we'll leave the hall of fame stuff. I want to ask you all questions. So today, today, Tuesday was what I like to call now walk back day. And that is the day where players walk back comments they made after the game. So happy walk back day to everyone. Dave, you could do this every single Tuesday on your show. Let's cover show. Welcome to walk back day. Well, usually it's on Wednesday. That's true. That's a good, because that's when the players come back and, and, you know, Mitch Trubisky is like really walking back hard. The comments that he made about the, well, you got to put players in the middle of the field and 
Chase Claypool's walking back, and all these guys are walking. You know who didn't walk back their comments? George Pickens. George Pickens. <laughs> George Pickens did not walk back. I'm not shocked either. The dude stood up there and said, hey, throw me the ball. I've always got to step on my guy. I'm this big. I can run low four fours. I'm always going to have a style. I like, hey, I give that guy credit. He didn't walk back a thing. But um, there, there was this Jared Jer- Jer- Bear, our buddy Jared Bear, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He put out a tweet, and I, I just want to get your all's take on this. He's a, this is according to Jerry Dulac. I have not looked at any transcripts or anything that Mitch Trubisky was asked if he has the freedom and flexibility to audible at any time, if he sees something he doesn't like or whatnot. And he was really vague, essentially made it sound like sometimes he can, sometimes he can't. And even Jerry Dulac in the tweet wrote, this guy's a six year veteran. When you read that or hear that, what did you think? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I heard in Mitch one of Mitch's uh, conferences, I think it was the one today on Steelers.com, where he said when they he was asked if he has the freedom, the flexibility in Audible, he said not all the time. So he's he didn't walk that part back. But it's it sounds like we're getting a little bit of uh, King Canada here. It sounds like that. Uh, that there's a divide you thought Haley versus Roethlisberger was bad. It seems like these players do not like Matt Canada and have not bought into the system. And so it's starting to, you know, I made some comments how it was the quarterback and it's not the, uh, it's not the offensive coordinator. now I'm thinking that there's a divide. There almost seems like there's a mutiny against him and it's growing now i'm sure when you throw out walk back walk back uh, tuesday it's uh that's kind of orchestrated probably by mike tomlin saying hey guys calm down a little bit but when mike tomlin comes out and and they ask him about those questions he's like he flat out lies (laughs) he just says i have not heard that (laughs) and you know he has oh yeah like he said, they asked him in the press conference, did you hear the Kenny Pickett, Kenny Chance? He goes, oh, no, I didn't hear it. You'd have to be deaf not to hear it. Like, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I know he's got a lot of stuff on. He's wearing a headset. Those, That's those what are- I was going to say. Have you ever worn a headset on the sideline? No. I. How loud are you, those things? Well, it de- depends on how loud the crowd is, how loud you have to, to do true. it in order to hear it. You So you have to concentrate on what's coming through there. And you got players talking to you. I'm not saying – I'm not making – where oh he definitely didn't hear it, but for people to say there's absolutely no way you could hear it. Also, the headset only covers one ear. Um, <laughs> you, you can. It's not as clear cut as it seems, one way or the other. Okay, so, I'm so, throwing the BS flag on. <laughs> eh, there you go. There you go. So let, let's riddle me this, or you know, let's appease this question. If the Steelers were to pull the plug on Matt Canada during the season at any point, which I don't think will happen, is there anyone on the staff that you would think that would be capable of taking over play calling duties? I uh, Jeffrey Benedict posed this question on the cutting room floor on Tuesday morning, and I thought about it, and I couldn't think of anyone. Has Brian Flores called plays? <laughs> he has done everything else. Why not? Yeah. Works for the Patriots. So. Yeah. Brian, can you think of anyone on staff that would be – up to the task of stepping in and calling plays. I can't, but I can say this. You don't have to fire the guy. You just call him in and say, Matt, mix some things up. Quit being stubborn and throw across the middle. You know, it's time to rework this. Now, 
I get it. You worked on this the whole year, and and this is his. I had this argument with Shannon and Tony, and I never argue with Shannon and Tony. But they're saying, "Oh yeah, you know, it's too late. The system's already in. You can tinker with the system. There's there's no way you can't tinker with it, and you you've got to go ahead and adjust on the fly. That's been done for years and years and years in every single sport. Why can't Matt Canada tinker with it instead of getting rid of them? I mean, it, it just wouldn't be productive. Dave, what are your thoughts? Should I answer this one or the last one? Because I didn't get to talk about the other one either. What was the other yeah. one? I, the the, the, the Jer Bear tweet. I do want to oh. talk about the Jer Bear tweet. Let me answer this one first. I think because, I just... Yeah, because I, I trust me, I have a lot to say about the Jer Bear tweet. What a tweet. host. <laughs> yes. It's Tuesday. What do you expect? <laughs> See, you know you're, what day of the week it is. You're, no, that's because you should still be in the tank and recovering from last week. You're not ready to step back out on the field again until Thursday. You can't make the team no. from the tank, Mr. Like, yeah, Mr. PTR, you, you know, you still need those days off between <laughs> games in order to be up to it. No, I don't even remember either question. All right, who would call plays? People were saying it in here exactly what Jeffrey – I listened to Jeffrey's show this morning um, that – and he had some great points. Highly recommend going back and checking that out. He's like, uh, do you really want Mike Sullivan calling plays? He's like, he was absolutely awful as an offensive coordinator. He's like, I don't think that's the guy you want calling plays. And that's part of the reason why I don't think the Steelers make a change midseason. I mean, they don't. People say that they fired their offensive line coach last year. No, he left for college. I think that was a mutual parting of the ways. But they weren't yeah. going to get rid of him before the end of the season. My goodness, before the, I brought this up last night. Before they got brought in Mike Munchak, the guy that they had, they basically took everything that he was doing away from him during the season, but did not fire him until after the season was over. So that's what you that that's kind of what you could see with the Steelers. Do I see maybe someone else coming in and having a lot more input? Maybe even to a point, it's not like they're just going to take Matt Canada out. I, I don't think they're going to do that. And also remember, people. We're two games into the season. I know it's not good, but we're freaking two games into the season. Okay. And, and but you don't like the direction it's going. That's the problem because it seems like it's going in the wrong direction rather than the right direction. But the Steelers aren't going to make a reaction like that two games into the season. So I don't know who could call plays. Um, go, go to the yeah. audible thing then, the Jer Bear tweet. Yeah, the Jer Bear thing. What I find interesting about that is Matt Canada didn't last very long. And, pretty much any college he went to, right? No, no, Seemed no, like no. he just didn't necessarily get along with everyone. I don't know him, and I don't even get that much from him from his interviews. Maybe he's the kind of guy that he doesn't really care for, you know, he wants to control it. He wants to run it all. That might be that, you know, he doesn't want people changing his plays because he has a certain idea or things to do. I'm not I'm not saying that's definitely it or not. But the other thing I have to say about that is maybe it's maybe it's that he doesn't feel that his quarterbacks have enough grasp of the offense right now, like BTR did last year, where he could basically call anything. And my thing is if Mitch doesn't have enough of the offense to where they feel comfortable with him calling audibles, do you think KP8 does? And I'll be honest with you, I want to see Kenny pick as much as everybody else. But if he doesn't have the ability to audible, then that 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 dude's going to be in, in rough shape. Anyone who can't audible when they get up there at the professional level, you're going to be in rough shape. Yeah, I mean you're you're gonna you're gonna sit there and look at a defense and say this play's not going to work. 
not going to work and you're still going to run a play. It's going to be a wasted play. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. When you talk about Matt Canada, I remember he took a year off before he actually joined the Steelers to be the quarterback's coach. And ESPN did a feature on him. He was actually, I think he has a home in the Outer Banks, North Carolina. And they actually went there and he was, they were asking him all about his stops. I mean, he, like you said, he didn't stay long anywhere. NC State, LSU was very brief. Pitt, Maryland. He took over Maryland's program when the head coach got fired um, with the unfortunate death of a player uh, in the offseason program. And everyone was, I remember I had people I worked with that loved the Terrapins. They were like, we want Matt Cannon to be the next coach. They didn't choose him. They chose someone else. Really strange because he actually turned that program around. Anthony McFarlane was on that team and then he ends up leaving. Really weird. He seems like a, a different guy. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. All right. Let's get to the injury report and let's talk about all that good stuff. These are stupid estimated practice reports, but Dave, go no, ahead. They're not. They practice well, now today. they're not, but Monday yeah. wasn't. Monday, yeah, Monday was worthless. Today is what you were looking for. Today's the only day they practice. Yeah. They didn't go practice ahead. yesterday. They're not practicing the day after a game. And then tomorrow's they're get, get I mean, my goodness, they have to travel tomorrow. So All because the way the to NFL, Cleveland. Huh? I know because of the NFL rules that you, you know you have to be in 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 the city the, the day before because what is that like a 40 minute flight, maybe? No, they don't fly, they drive. I don't even know if they still drive. Do they really? I think they still take the bus. Brian, do you think the NFL team still takes a bus anywhere? That's the one place they take the bus, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean I... I wouldn't be surprised if they do to Cleveland. It's just turnpike. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, man, you, you go to the, uh, the rest stops, you, you stop off your day early, you go to the rock and roll hall of fame, you know, they just yeah. go catch a guardians game. No, it's a horrible <laughs> town. <laughs> you ready for me to do this injury report? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Devin Bush, full participant done. Ah, that's great for the Steelers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was estimated as a limited yesterday. He was a full participant today. Nobody else on the report. That's the shortest injury report I have seen from the Steelers. So then you go to the other side of the docket. That's where it's together. interesting. You ready for that? <laughs> yeah. You ready for that one? Okay. Well, first of all, three players were ruled out yesterday. To Devion Clowney, Jesse James, and Chase Winovich. Jesse James and Chase Winovich. Yes, Jesse James got that ball. They went on IR today, so they're out four games. Oh, so that's why they weren't on the injury That's report. why they weren't on today's injury report. I, I had to go back and look it up. I had to actually search Cleveland's Twitter account. Boy, that was fun, um, just to make sure. <laughs> but then there's also in in uh, Kevin Stefanski, it's Kevin, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In his interview or something today, he made the comment of, now this could just be throwing stuff out there, that they don't know if uh, Joel Betonio and Miles Garrett are going to play. Neither one of them practiced today. Betonio has a bicep. That's their guard. He's, yeah. he's a really a – Yeah, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Okay. He didn't practice, or at least he was in years past. I don't know about this year. I haven't, I haven't watched – anything but highlights of Cleveland. Um, let's, so it was him and obviously Clowney didn't practice and Miles Garrett with the neck did not practice. Then the other ones that were limited were tight end Harrison Bryant, which is both a thumb and a thigh. Uh, Jack Conklin with the knee, he was limited. And um, Chris Hubbard, illness was limited. And then um, defensive end Isaiah Thomas with a hand was full. That was their injury report for today. Don't even care about Mondays because it was estimated. 
This is going to be dicey for Cleveland when you think about it. I mean, Pittsburgh, you're having you're in a perfect spot. I mean, yes, there have been injuries. You know, you think about Demonte KZ, TJ Watt, uh, Calvin Austin the third. I mean, obviously, there's players that are banged up, but you only have Devin Bush, and he's a full participant. They're gonna, Dave, you could probably write it right now. They're gonna have three straight weeks of no game status, is most likely. Yeah, but that's only because one Trent Jordan went on IR. Which yeah, is no, still, I get it. but that's a huge hit. I mean, it that's the one thing. Hit. And I always have to constantly say this because when I say, oh, the Steelers have no players with injuries, does. Oh, TJ Watt's not playing. He's not on the 53 man roster. That's why he's not playing. <laughs> you know, that's why he doesn't get listed. But, you know, people always think that they're going to be so sharp and sly and really pull one over on you on Twitter. Um, yeah, of course. But that's, that's a big one. So when you really look at those IR spots, sometimes people move to IR and you're like, well, you don't think about it because they're not an injury report. But I mean, if honestly, if Miles Garrett is not playing this game, that's like TJ Watt not playing for the Steelers and they already don't have Clowney. That's, so yeah, that's that could happen. be that. It, it, that Miles Garrett thing is huge in my opinion. So, so Brian, what are your thoughts when you look at both teams injury reports heading into the final injury report on Wednesday? How how can you see it impacting the game is the question. You know what? I, I do worry about it being fool's gold, and I'll tell you why. Because I remember a playoff game not too long ago when 73 dudes from the Browns, it seemed, had COVID, including their head coach, and they still came out and whomped the Pittsburgh Steelers. And everyone's like, oh, they have nobody. Everybody's on COVID. The coach has COVID. The coach. And then yeah. it, it was kind of fool's gold. But, you know, you're right about the TJ Watt comparison to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is my gosh, he is a wrecker. And if you don't have him going up against Dan Moore Jr., then you know you get a little bit of a break. Clowney, I mean, somebody's got to throw shoes against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know he's not there to throw Chase Claypool's shoes, so that's a big deal as well. So about that. Yeah, no, I, I remember throwing the shoe. I couldn't remember who did it in what game. It Thank you, Brian, because <laughs> I mentioned that within the last week. Who throws the shoe? I no, mean, seriously, who, who was it that got the penalty that, that ripped the guy's mouthpiece out? Oh, oh that was that, Jamar Chase. Yeah, that was ripped Jamar out. Chase, yeah, yeah, because and, and that that's a what I said. That was a Keller Witherspoon's. And that's I'm like, oh, it's like throwing a shoe. So, but I couldn't remember who did it. Thanks, Brian. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you look at this whole thing, you know, the Steelers definitely have a health advantage and sure that it's not a health advantage when you don't have a KZ and especially if you don't have a Watt, but that kind of, uh, that kind of waters it down a little bit. If they're missing all those guys, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line going against a line without Joel Batonio also, and then, you know, a bicep you know, biceps a big deal. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see this whole thing. You know, Chase Winovich, you know, that's a pass. That's another pass rusher too. So think about this. If that's three pass rushers that they're down, that is a little bit more of an advantage for the Steelers, but the Steelers are still suspect on offense. So you, you just don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I do like the Steelers being at full strength. Uh, the Browns are banged up. Hey, if, if there's a week that you're like, Hey, let's get them banged up and see what it's, it's the short week. It's the heading into Thursday night football. Now they don't have to travel, but the Steelers aren't traveling far. So, and it's an AFC North matchup. So they're going to be familiar with the opponent. Let's talk about this game a little bit more from an X's and O's standpoint. 
can be very general. How do you see this game breaking down? We're not going to do our predictions yet. We'll do that after over under and all that stuff. But when you think about this game being on a short week, both teams coming off a loss, the Browns with the Jets, the Steelers to the Patriots in week two. Brian, how do you see this shaking out? You know, it's really funny that as much as the Steelers fans are traumatized over that loss, the Steelers had the least demoralizing loss of the weekend from anybody in the AFC North. Look at what happened to Cleveland being down thir- being up 13 against the Browns in the fourth quarter and dropping that game. We all minute know what 40 happened. Minute 40 left, something like that. Minute 40. A minute 40. So what did I say yeah. the final few minutes? Well, no, no, no. You didn't um, say anything at all. You said at the end. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's that bad. Yeah. Was that – I mean, gave up the onside kick. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I tell you what. You have that, and we know. I mean, a loss when you're up 35 to 14 – at home and you're the Baltimore Ravens and you squander that game and what happened when you come back in Dallas against a backup quarterback in your Cincinnati, those are demoralizing losses. The Steelers just have to get their house in order. And I don't know if their house is in order. I think that uh, you definitely have, I don't want to call it a mutiny, but you definitely have a line drawn in the sand. And on one side is your offensive coordinator And on the other side is the rest of the offense, like I talked about earlier. So it just depends on how the team can get together in the locker room on how, to quote Mike Tomlin, how it all works out in stadium. Because if their head's not on right in in that locker room, it's not going to happen in stadium. Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts heading into this Thursday nighter? I hate Thursday night games when you have to go on the road. I really do. It's not good. Um, you Your back is up against the wall, and the NFL, they really don't care. Um, it's funny. As a season ticket holder for the Steelers, I don't want the Thursday night game to be at home because, my my goodness, it's just so hard to go to a game if you don't live in the area. But the Steelers have – you know. The, it's a whole different monster depending on what you have to do with everything. I'm, it's the Browns. It's familiarity, but it's also not Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, who he was the one who owned the Browns. It's hard to get a gauge of what's going to happen in this game. I always think when you bring up Ben and you bring up Cleveland, I think of uh, Kyle Kreiss's video, the Cleveland tourism video <laughs> which if you go yeah. to kyle go to kyle Kreis's twitter account it's pinned at the top it is still i love every time i have to go to his twitter to retweet something or whatnot, whatnot i watch it and it's hysterical fun times in cleveland today but it's <laughs> something where this game i think it's going to come down to the ground game which team can run the ball better the Steelers want to run the ball. I want the Steelers to be a little bit more creative running the ball. You listen to Jeffrey Benedict. He talks about the outside zone is the objective, yet they suck at it. The inside zone is what they're doing. They're not great at that either. Let's see, you know, Mitch Trubisky is the mobile quarterback that Matt Canada wants. Let's see him run the ball. Let's see some design runs. Let's see some RPOs. Let's see something that's a little bit creative. That, that, that's I would just love to see anything creative from the offense. Yeah, they've done a flea yeah. flicker and they've done double reverses and all that stuff. Creative, that, not gimmicky. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Let's be creative here. Let's see some of the Matt Cannon offense. I'm not about to throw up the white flag of surrender on the Steelers offense just yet. 
I, I do think if the Steelers can slow down the, the Browns rushing attack, and I say slow down intentionally, those are two really good running backs in Chubb and Hunt. But at the same time, they can slow them down. The Steelers can establish run themselves. I really like their chances. Let me ask you one quick question before we go to over-under. If the quarterback play and the offensive play in general looks the way it did in week two, are there changes made in any capacity, in your opinion, heading into week four? Brian, we'll start with you. I I don't know. Um, let's just put it this way. You know, I don't think they're willing to do it. It doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin is willing to make a change at this point. Um, but if this is a disaster performance, yeah. I mean, you, there people are going to be calling for it. I just don't know. It's it's going to be really bad before they go ahead and pull that plug. It's you know it's a ten days before week four, and so you would have plenty of time to go ahead and mix somebody like Kenny Pickett into the mix. But the problem is, Mike Tomlin seemed adamant that this is just growing pains and it's too early in the season. So I just don't think that's, it just doesn't seem like as much as everybody else thinks that it's desperation time. They might not. Dave, what do you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to hear Jeff's Defcon. Um, that's coming. things on, on Wednesdays. Let's ride. I really missed it. On Monday. Freaking show. I'll tell you that right now, because I did a <laughs> lot of stuff to get in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. Now I'm going back to what the question was. It was making a change. Tomlin's not going to tip his hand. He's not. The only time you're going to hear anything about a change being made is when it actually gets to be made. He's not going to do anything to make people think that he could make a change unless he makes you think that at any moment he could make a change. Does that make sense? (laughs) It's either... I, I really talked my way around that one the way I just realized I said that. You sounded I like mean, Mike Tomlin. Mike, no, Mike Tomlin. Well, yeah, I, I, I did my <laughs> job. He will make it seem like nobody is safe, but he also will make it seem like there's nothing that, they're, that, they're, that they don't need to make wholesale changes. You're going to hear that an awful lot. You hear it from him all the time. So you're not going to hear anything different from him than what you normally hear until they make a change. I really want to, I'll highlight one other thing from it. I highly recommend everyone going back and listening to Jeffrey Benedict's cutting room floor, because the way he explained it is right now, Mitch Trubisky is the better quarterback to do what Matt Canada wants to do with the offense. But Kenny Pickett would be the better quarterback for what the Steelers are actually doing with Matt Canada in the offense. It's really interesting the way he, he broke it down. It is. Um, it is very so good. So I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So it'll be – this game is – boy, this week three game is just – there's a lot of extra stuff to this game that's not just win and loss. Win and loss is important. Don't get me wrong. Divisional game, big difference between two and one heading into the mini buy and one and two. That's there's a, there's a very stark difference there. But this game has a lot riding on it. I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to wave the white flag of surrender on the Mitch Trubisky, you know, project experiment, whatever you want to call it anytime soon. But that you can tell, I, I watched Mike Tomlin's press conference. This was after listening to Dave's podcast. I watched it again. I wanted to hear him for myself. You can definitely, he's hearing this stuff. Like it, trust me, it, it's the wheels are turning. We'll put it that way. All right. Let's be ready for some over under Brian. Do you have your little notebook ready? Yes, I do. 
All right, because he's been keeping track <laughs> I, on his I, bad I language. I listening to the recap. Yeah. I've, I've never thought about how we actually did in our over-under. So for those of you, I'll plug this for Brian. I hope he doesn't mind. He plugs stuff of mine when, uh, when I'm sitting here. On Brian's Bad Language podcast on Mondays at around noontime, he is recapping um, various things, our staff picks, his bold and bizarre predictions, if any of them came true. <laughs> even the bizarre ones. Yeah, even the bizarre ones. The bizarre ones. <laughs> that, that, I had to, good. you know. But he's also recapping and keeping a tab of our, our over-under selections. So rather than me just being silly with these, I'm going to have to take it a little bit more serious. But chances are, the more serious I take it, the worse I'll do. So I'll probably won't change anything. But if you if you want a recap of how we're doing, make sure you check out Bad Language. There you go. And and before we do this, right now I'm going to go back and I'm going to check out the Cincinnati game since I did not do the this the first week. So I'll get the uh, I'll get our standings there. But we're going to have updated standings. And right now, as it goes, as of last week, Dave Schofield has four. Jeff Hartman has three and bringing up the rear, just like in the staff picks, is me, your BAD. How many do you have? Two. Oh. And I take no, I, and I take no no joy in 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 predicting not just the correct winner this past week, but even the correct score. Yeah. I don't take joy in that. I will say this though, on Najee Harris, he had forty nine yards. I had 46 yards and 40 uh, 40 receiving for him, and he had 49 and 40. I was yeah, three yards that was off. Pretty good. That's pretty that impressive, pretty good. yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do this. We, we went all individual last week. We're doing team this week. So let's talk about defensive takeaways. Steelers had five in week one, only one in week two. I'm setting the line at one and a half. Brian, over under. I think they can get two on Jacoby Brissett. Okay. So I will take the over. Dave? I'm going to go under with one. I'm with Dave. I'm going under with one. I think they do get a takeaway, but it's just not going to be the the huge output we saw in week one. That's not normal. Uh, let's do offensive turnovers now, turning the ball over. None in week one. They had one in week – I'm sorry, two in week two, the muff punt and the interception by Mitchell Trubisky. I have the line set at one, though, just a straight-up one. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to take the over with two. Dave? Push. I agree with Dave. I think it's a push. Uh, I think it's a push. Okay, let's go. Now, why to... did you give us the one and a half so we didn't, so we could go? <laughs> so Curious. we had to say for under. Okay. Sometimes you can do that. Because um, now if they have zero, we're both wrong. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Pittsburgh rushing yards, total team rushing yards. All right. This is not Najee Harris. This is total. I have it set at 98 and a half. Brian, over under. Under Dave. Okay. You said T 98 and a half. Yes. Okay. Well, last year against the Cleveland Browns, they rushed for 115 in the first in, in week. What was that? Week eight and 190 in week 17. So this year, you know, I'm going to go because it, because it's team. I'm going to go over. Because I I wouldn't put it over if it was even just running backs. But I, yeah. I, I think they might run a few more sweeps. The key is, I'm going to go over, the key is that it's team rushing. So this could mm -hmm. be a Chase Claypool jet sweep. Gunnar Olszewski had an 18-yard mm -hmm. carry last week. Mitch Trubisky on a design run or a scramble. All counts. I'm going to go over. 
Now here's an interesting one. The Cleveland Browns rushing yards, total team rushing yards. I haven't said, maybe some might say it's a little low, but I just have a feeling the Steelers defense is going to be up to the task. 112 and a half. 112 and a half. Brian, over, under. I'm pessimistic this week. I'm going over. Okay, Dave. Man, they kept them under 100 both games last year, but you're also missing the defensive player of the year. I'm going to go over. I'll buck the trend. I'm going to go under. They're going to get over 100, but they're not going to be over 112 and a half. So I'll go with the under. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers sacks of Cleveland Browns quarterbacks. We'll assume it's Jacoby Brissett. After five in week one, they only had one. No, I'm sorry, none last week. Only three quarterback hits. I have it at one Wait, and a half. Seven in week one. Seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Those takeaways, there were five. Yeah. Pittsburgh sacks. I have it low at one and a half. I'm sorry. It's just last week's got me feeling all sorts of funky about this. Brian, what do you think? Let's say, let's say they have a rebound. I I really think that uh, both guys, uh, Mr. Malik Reed and Mr. Alex Highsmith, were uh, were close. So I'm thinking uh, they're each going to get one. All right, let's go Dave. two. Um, I, I'm as much as anything. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go two, and I'm I'm looking for Cam Hayward to have. Uh, a bounce back game, man. He, uh, it's not that he played bad, but the, the guy that he was going up against actually played really great last week. So, um, I, I think Cam can at least get one in their form. They can maybe get another one. So I'm going over. I have a feeling Betonio, if he does play, is not going to be 100%. Obviously, mm-hmm. he hasn't practiced much. That bodes well for a Cam Hayward to get, you know, some leverage and get in there and try to make a play. I'm going to say over, but I don't think it's a lot. Maybe only two sacks, three at the most. I'd be shocked if it's more. I'd be happy as I'll get out if it was more. But still, Mm -hmm. with one and a half, I'm still taking the over. Last one, Pittsburgh Steelers red zone trips. So this is trips into the red zone. The last two games, they've had two in each. I have the line at two and a half. How many times do they get into the, I guess if they're in Cleveland, the, the hunts catch up red zone, um, Brian, what do you, uh, what do you think over under? Wouldn't that be orange ketchup though? Um, did they make that? That'd be rotten ketchup, you know, green, they do green. Yeah. But when your ketchup goes rotten, it's orange and Cleveland's rotten, <laughs> um, true. or Brown ketchup. Ugh, that'd be even worse. Uh, let's say this. My gosh, I'm actually going to say under. Oh, I see. I cheated and I saw your prediction in the article, so I know which way you're going. <laughs> yeah, that's why I have to do that. That's, I mean, why I I don't, that's why I don't do that until after this show. Okay, Dave, what do you think? Over under? Unfortunately, I'm going to go under. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if they could score without being in the red zone? It would you be know, a touchdown over 20 yards. That would be nice. I'm going to go over with three. I think they get their three. I think the defense helps them out, and they get three red zone attempts in this game. Not out of the realm of possibility. So there you have it. Those are over under. Dave, why don't you let us know what the spread is currently? It's moved a lot. It has. So much so, I'm here, I'm refreshing the page because I brought it up before the show started. I'm like, I better do this again to double check because it started at three and a half, moved as far. I saw it as far as five. Some places said five and a half. I didn't actually see it at that time. It is it right now at four and a half. The Steelers are four and a half point underdogs. Wait, the it o- dropped a whole point this morning when I did my preview articles, five and a half. Yeah, it went from three and a half to four and a half to five and a half, now back to four and a half. Oh my um, God. 
uh, honestly, if if Miles Garrett they find out he's not playing, I think it's going to go less. You know, it'll drop even more. But the over under right now is thirty eight. Yikes! All right, let's do our predictions, Brian. I'll let you go first. All right, so this is not a lost season. However, I think the Steelers are lost this week because there's a lot going on inside that locker room. Like I said. I just do not feel very good about where they left things. And I know they try to walk some things back on Tuesday, but it's been said and it's been out there. And just like in any relationship, once that shot's fired, you don't forget it unless you've got the old man in men in black little wand to go ahead and erase your memory. So it's there. There is definitely a, uh, there's definitely some trouble at home and going on the road, going on a vacation is not going to fix that when you only have four days to pack your suitcase. So right now I'm thinking at this point that they're going to struggle. And I hate to say it because I'm usually the optimistic one, but the Browns are going to win this game at home because they have less internal problems. And I'm going to say it's going to be the by the score of a 27 and 19. Oof. Glad I'm not doing the post game show. All right, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, what's your prediction? Sorry, okay. I, there's a couple different scenarios that, and two of them that are opposed that, that are opposed. I could really see happening in this game. One, the Steelers offense comes out completely awoken and renewed. And this game isn't really close. Two, the Steelers offense comes out as bad or even worse than what we've seen so far this season. And at halftime, the Steelers realize they need to make a change. Oh, my gosh. And one Kenneth Shane Pickett comes in at halftime and lights up the offense and brings the Steelers back for a big victory. Unfortunately, I'm going with scenario number three, which starts as scenario two, but the Steelers don't pull the trigger mm. on making the change. 13 to nine Cleveland. Oh, what's the weather supposed to be like in this game? Anyone, Dave, have you looked at that? It's Cleveland, so I'm just going to say crappy because <laughs> what else can you say about Cleveland? I haven't looked That's at fair. it yet. Okay, um, for me... I think the Steelers offense is going to be better. And I think the defense is going to help them out uh, significantly in this game. It's going to be more reminiscent of week one in terms of the assistance they get from the defensive side of the football. I think the defense, quite frankly, is pissed off that, that what happened at the end of the game, they didn't get the ball back. They didn't force a punt. The dropped Cam Sutton interception, Akella Witherspoon. I think they're going to be ready to go out and make some plays. I actually had the Steelers winning this one. Shocker, I know. I say take the Steelers first and foremost. Take the Steelers getting four and a half. If it was at five and a half. Notice I Steelers. had the Steelers covering. <laughs> yes, take the Steelers to cover. I think it's going to be close. But I have the Steelers winning. Put them on the money line, 23-17. Uh, and I think that it's a game but I could see this one where the Steelers go up and then the Browns just kind of hang around. And then at the end, they actually have a shot to score a touchdown, but they doesn't happen. So 23-17 Steelers go into that mini bye week two and one, all feeling all great, warm and fuzzy. But Dave's scenario too, even if they lost, like I could see there would still be some excitement. 
just so just so we're clear the scenario with uh Kenny no, you, oh do you mean you if mean Kenny Pickett just comes two? in so let's say if scenario two do you really don't... want him coming in if it's a, like Malik Willis did they were down yeah. what 30 some points <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Tomlin would ever do that with Trubisky, a quarterback. I think he would keep Trubisky in the whole game, don't you? They pulled Mason Rudolph against the Bengals in 2019. That's true. Yep. All right. That's the only reason I would even think it would be a possibility. Otherwise, and then they pulled Uh, Duck against against the Jets in the same year. But that was November and December. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's not doing that in September. You would have to think that Tomlin knows once you go to pick it, that's you, it. You cannot go back. You can't. You can't unless it's unless one of it's those, injury. Unless it's injury or it's a garbage time situation. So, all right. Yeah. Enough of that. You guys have trivia both. Yes. All right, Brian, go ahead. All right, this is a quick one. As we know, just a few years back on November fourteenth, that was a disastrous Thursday night game and there was an assault on a Pittsburgh quarterback in that game I don't have to rehash it you all know about Miles Garrett and you know all about Mason Rudolph but that's not the first time that something like that has happened when it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh in 1976 a member of the Cleveland Browns pile drove one Terry Bradshaw in that game, and he was knocked out for six games that season. And that was the year that that was to drop the Steelers that lost to one and four. They ended up winning their next 10 games before bowing out in the AFC championship game. What was the name of the assailant of Terry Bradshaw? You could also throw in his nickname. Oh, God. When you say it, I'm going to just say I knew that and I just couldn't. Th- I don't know. Dave, I don't think know? I could name one person from the from the Browns defense back then because, well, mainly because I wasn't alive and Is it turkey d- or didn't something? care. Yes, that's the nickname. Turkey's the nickname. Okay, so I knew the turkey part. I don't know his actual name, though. It's Joe Turkey Jones. Joe Turkey Jones. I got the I got the nickname. Yeah, so that, that's half a point for Jeff. Jeff's improved. Look at the big yeah. brain on Jeff. He's improving in trivia. You know it was in the live chat. <laughs> I was not even looking at the live chat. Right. Right. That's why I didn't say anything then after that, because once I saw it there. Ah, okay. Um I usually try to click off the screen, but I didn't this time. All right. Uh Dave, your trivia. Yep. It's me. It's me. Um, Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers have played since the NFL merger. They have gone on the road on a Thursday 16 times. 16 times. Now, I say since the merger. The the, the first one was in 1980 where they they went on Thursday. Now, this could be week one. Actually, only one of these games was week one. Um, This could be Thanksgiving any of these Thursday games where they went on the road out of those 16 games, how many of them do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers were victorious? Out of 16 Mm. on the road, Thursday night. Seven. I was going to go six. 
They don't do well on the road on Thursday night. No, they don't, because the answer is three. Mm. Wow. And those three games were? Indianapolis on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Indianapolis on Thanksgiving. Okay. Mike Tomlin's rookie season, first year coaching? 2007. 2007. Do you remember who that was? Put up a big number on the road in December, just before Christmas. Carolina. Five days before Christmas. That was in that was in good old St. Louis. They won that one yes. 41 to 24. That's so they had when the, Willie Parker got injured. Yeah, they had the 28-7 game. Um was that the game where the field got caught on fire? No, that was a no, week was three game. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, they had the they 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 had the the, the twenty-eight-seven in against the Colts um, on Thanksgiving in 2016, the 41-24. And then the only other one that they've won was week two against the New York Jets in 1984, a 23-17 win. Um, and looking at all of these other ones, there's only one other game that they managed to score more than 23 points than those, other than those three wins. And that was a 20, that was last year when they lost where they scored 28 points on the road, the 28-36 loss. A lot of these, I mean, they've been shut out of uh, uh, just one. So it hasn't been good on the road. It really hasn't. But but if you're looking at, at these things, they're not the worst team when it comes to going on the road on a Thursday night. There are two teams that have a worse winning percentage than the Pittsburgh Steelers. On Thursday nights, any idea who the, when you're on the road? Any idea who those teams are? The Jets. Believe it or not, the Jets are three and ten. They haven't played as many games as the Steelers, because the, the Steelers played 16 games. There's only two teams that have played more road games on a Thursday night since the merger than the Steelers, and that's Green Bay and Chicago. That's it. So. Because they play on the road a lot. What about Washington? Washington, actually, Washington's played a ton. They um, they're always on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, because they they've played a ton of Thursday games um, uh, on the road. They've played as many as the Steelers have, um, but they have one more win than than the Steelers do. They have they have four wins. Because there is a team that has never won on the road on a Thursday. Well, then let's go. Let's go with one of those Thanksgiving teams. And let's mm-hmm. say the Detroit Lions, because they always play on Thanksgiving, but when they have to go on the road, that's not Thanksgiving. That was a fantastic line. guess, but that's not actually one of them because they haven't played enough games. They've won one road Thursday game since the merger, but they've only played three. Okay. So that's why. But that was a that was really good thinking outside the box. This is really tough. I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you rather than run the show to be an hour and a half. The team that has never won on the road on a Thursday night or Thursday, it doesn't have to be a night game, um, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are 0-4. Um, and the only other team that has a worse winning percentage on the road on Thursday since the merger would be the one Baltimore Ravens who are 1-5. and hmm. Wow. So they are not good road Thursday team either. And shockingly, the team that's the best is the Indianapolis Colts, 11-3 and 
all of these games since 2001. But a lot of that was, you know, the, in, during the Peyton Manning era. So yeah, they were 11 and three on the road on a on a Thursday. That's crazy. But I am pretty sure that the Steelers are the only undefeated team on games played on a Wednesday afternoon. Hmm. Remember that from 20 from 2020. I, <laughs> I was that. I was so mad about that game because I was supposed to watch that game with my family. Yeah. And then we weren't able to watch anything. Yep. All right. Let's do some final thoughts, Brian. Go ahead. All right. So there's been a lot of talk on my shows this week in the live chat about why is everybody gripping after just two games? And it's simple. It's because we're Steeler fans. And that's kind of what we do because Steeler fans, they are very passionate about their team. And I will say that that they're more passionate than most because, you know, they expect to win. And they've had that ever since 1972 when they went, when they started going to the playoffs. And so it's been 50 years of basic, a lot of winning for this team. And that's been a good thing, but we do get spoiled. And when things don't go right and, when you see weird writing on the wall, like you're, you're seeing from these press conferences, from these comments, from everybody talking, and you feel that there is dissension in the ranks, you just feel like something's going to go wrong and you have that uneasy feeling. So yeah, Pittsburgh Steeler fans are like that. And they're going to grip the, these same fans just last week when this team was one and oh, we're still complaining. We had one person say, hey, tank the rest of the year because this is a bad team, and they were 1-0, and he was calling for the tank already. This is what a lot of Steeler fans do. They're so passionate that they can't see the fact that this is a long season, and that's exactly what happens. Sure, I even bought into a little bit of it this week because of the quarterback situation, and I didn't know how bad that the uh, that the offensive coordinator situation was. And it seems like it's getting worse. And until that's cleaned up, we're going to have a lot to worry about here. But I said this before, I'm in this show, and I'm going to say it again. This is not a lost season. This is still has the potential to be a playoff team, but there's some in-house cleaning that has to be done. And Mike Tomlin... Don't get the mop out. Get out the vacuum and clean things up. All right. Dave, final thoughts. I thought you were going to say get out the vacuum because it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) She's gone from suck to blow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. That's Mel Brooks, not Jeff Hartman. Just so you know. (laughs) If... If you were to tell us a month ago, that I talked about this last night. If you would have told us a month ago, Steelers starting off their season, going up against two teams that were in the postseason last year, that they would be one and one and their one loss was going to be by three points. You would probably sign up and take that if that was what was offered you a month ago. One and one after two games, down three points. The problem is how those games came about doesn't give you give Steeler fans confidence moving forward. You assume, oh, well, you're you're in a three-point game. You're right there. You have a chance to win it. 
That's not how these are playing out. And that's what happens when you have a good defense. When the defense is getting the job done, holding a team to 20 points and then 17 points, you expect your team to be able to go out and win that game. That's just not what's happening. I don't care who is calling the plays, the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, somebody else. I don't care who is taking the snaps. Number 10, number eight, number two, I don't care. I just want better quarterback play and better and 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 better offensive execution. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not saying it, that, that I have the answers. I just want there to be an answer regardless of what it is to get there. If Mitch Trubisky comes out there and tears it up for the rest of the season, fantastic. If he doesn't and it's a different quarterback, fantastic. I just want to see the Steelers – Offense not waste these defensive performances like it seems like they did in week two and almost ended up happening in week one. But every game is a new game. And I know some people were afraid of that, you know, Buffalo Tampa stretch. That's two weeks from now problem. The Steelers got to worry about Thursday night going in there and playing their best and giving themselves a chance to win in Cleveland. And that's what it all comes down to. Kind of piggybacking what Brian said. You know, the, the, the fan narrative is that the season's over and they've played two games yeah. and we've had seasons that have resulted in a Super Bowl. And I am in no way, shape or form saying they will win the Super Bowl. But we have had seasons that have started off poorly, that have had bumps in the road, that have had people questioning things. And they've turned out to be pretty good seasons. So let's just stay with things. Let's see how they play out. And we'll take it one game at a time. So we will be back next week at our regular scheduled Thursday time to get you geared up for the week four matchup against the Jets at Acroshore Stadium. So make sure you check us out there. All of our audio content, make sure you check us out. But Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week.